0: Hello and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. My name is Whitney McDonald and I'm the editor of Bank Automation News. Joining me today is AML RightSource Chief Technology Officer, Phil McLaughlin. He's here to discuss the need for anti-money laundering practices and advancements in AML technology.
1: Uh, My name is Phil McLaughlin. I'm the Chief Technology Officer at AML RightSource. Um, AML RightSource is a provider of uh, managed services, which is people. Uh, financial crime advisory services and then also technology platforms and sort of the blending of those three um, offerings together in technology-enabled managed services. And uh, we support banks, other non-bank financial institutions, um, fintechs all over the world. Uh, We have um, around 4,000 investigators that work with our customers to help them stay compliant in the AML KYC space. And um, we're bringing uh, technology solutions to those customers to help them uh, be more efficient and more effective. And um, you know that's really the the problem that we're we're all about. You know, trying to to make the efforts that our customers and that um and that our you know internal teams are trying to accomplish as efficient and as effective as possible.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the Buzz. Let's take a step back here first and set the scene with financial or fighting financial crime today. You could talk us through really the need for this advanced technology, um, especially when identifying uh, money laundering.
1: Definitely. So the um, the estimates that are out there today are that basically the current methods that we're using for any money laundering are are lack you know are lacking right they they fall short of what we really need to accomplish here if you look at uh, a number of estimates from the un and others it's something like two to five percent of global gdp or you know between 800 billion and two trillion dollars that are um involved in um in money laundering and we're probably only catching maybe five percent of that so despite the significant amount of effort that um banks Regulatory agencies, folks like us that are in the, the services and technology business, um, you know, there there's still a, a, a lot of room for improvement to make the stuff better. Um, and then when you sort of look at the technology side of this, that the technology systems themselves that are helping are, are really not all that effective. Um, they look at rel- a relatively small amount of data when trying to make assessments they are really pretty simplistic in terms of the things that they're looking at like simple patterns that sort of stuff simple name matching and we know that the the reality of the uh, of the financial crime space is a lot more complicated than that and so really technology needs to come in and help um, improve this um, you know again the way to think about this is this is largely today a very human intensive effort the tools alert or highlight certain, um, characteristics, but it's really left to the investigator, really left to the human being to do the vast majority of the legwork, do all of the data synthesis, do the evaluation, make a conclusion, draw a recommendation, document all of that. And it's a very, a very time-consuming process. So the degree to which technology can be employed to help make those human beings more efficient and effective, that is, uh, is where we're going.
0: Now, before we get into where we're going with with new technology and advances in technology in this space, maybe we could talk through what exists today. Um, What are some best practices in tackling um, identifying and identifying money laundering today?
1: Sure. So um, I think we're we're, we think about this um, kind of from a current state, future state sort of thing. Right. So. Really, the goal has got to be to to improve the level of automation and to improve the level of um, efficiency with the the investigators. Like I said, a lot of the processes today are very limited in terms of what they look at. So, you know, as you're thinking about, as people are thinking about, you know, how would they improve their process, looking at more data, Um, Automating anything that they can, the uh, robotic process automation capabilities are out there are a good place to start in terms of, um, you know, thinking about how to make things better. Uh, Expanding the the frequency of monitoring uh, again today because it's a very human intensive process. Things get looked at maybe on a once a year basis, once every six months basis. If there's things that we can do to make that an ongoing continuous monitoring type of a solution that lets us find things faster. Um, and, and it allows human beings to focus on the things that are really salient as opposed to separating the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. Um, again, a lot of the tools that are out there right now are, are, are uh, very limited in terms of their technology or their their detection capabilities a lot of them are rule-based so you know the the simple rules that are capable of being implemented in these kinds of um, solutions are are very limited and that's really why you know the the broadening of the of the technology platforms and the algorithmic content and moving towards ai and some of these other things are are so important to help us you know to begin to tackle these problems in a more
0: efficient way. Now, you can't talk about anything in technology right now without talking through AI, right? So, maybe you could expand on that a little bit. Why is AI well-suited for, for this type of technology, and how can AI fit into this puzzle?
1: Sure thing. Uh, AI is exceptionally well-suited to the AML challenge. Um, the, the thing that's great about it is is that you know as as people now are starting to have a a pretty broad awareness some of these ai tools and techniques are really approaching the ability to emulate you know the more advanced features of human cognition right so they are really able to uh, not only you know do what one would consider to be really relatively simple things but but much more complex levels of thinking much more complex levels of inference of summarization those kinds of things And, um, you know, being able to figure out even with traditional AI techniques, um, you know, being able to to do uh, anomaly detection, figure out what's notable and, um, you know, separate the the needle, find the needle in the haystack, so to speak. Um, There's uh, a bunch of different flavors of AI that are sort of of relevant here. You know, um, two good examples are uh, natural language processing. So if you think about what an investigator has to do to go read news articles, read various um, um, documents and artifacts and try to infer and connect and synthesize all the connections there, um, it's, it's a huge amount of work. And the degree to which you can get um, knowledge from text and understand it and present it to a, a person in a way that is um, easy for them to then internalize and take action on that's just a super a super big force multiplier and then you know the more traditional you know machine learning models whether they're classifiers or whether they're other types of um of neural networks are really good at at you know training to be able to figure out things like entity name entity type from an entity name that's one of the problems in money laundering is that the the banks and financial institutions know a lot about their customers because they vetted them in the onboarding process, but they don't know much about the counterparties or other related parties. And so, the amount of work that um, can be done to, to, um, in an automated sense, to try to collect information on those related parties and counterparties is uh, going to make the total understanding that the investigator has that much more clear and allow them to, you know, more. Uh, resolve those issues, resolve the cases in a more timely manner.
0: Now we've talked through the technology, the opportunity for uh, advancements here, the need for solutions like this. Can we talk through where AML Rate Source fits into this and how the technology works?
1: Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, AML is a provider of, of technology-enabled managed services as well as software solutions. To uh, banks, fintechs, and other uh, institutions that have uh, regulatory requirements to, you know, help oversee the safety of the global banking systems, um, we have thousands of investigators working in the field on uh, KYC, suspicious activity monitoring, you know, those around the globe, really uh, across the all the different uh, global geographies. Um, In addition to, you know, providing sort of these AI-led technology solutions. Um, So we're really all about trying to bring this great technology along with great people to uh, our customers. You know, one of the things that um, I would say to somebody who's looking into trying to embark on, you know, putting their toe in the the AI for AML waters is make sure you work with somebody who knows uh, AML. Because if you're just going to work with somebody who knows AI, you're going to end up paying for their learning curve. And there's so much nuance in terms of the data and the, the risk-bearing characteristics that are that are um, uh, relevant and important in the AML space that you really want to have a partner that understands that stuff. And so, you know, we think we are, you know, the best of, of the best in that regard, really having, you know, strong uh, practitioners coupled with uh ai technology you said bringing that aml ai sort of blend to the our customers
0: now speaking of a customer maybe you can talk through or identify some use cases who would use this um how would you get in um how would you integrate maybe talking through what that entails
1: for sure so um our customers and our solutions tend to follow the customer life cycle. So think about your relationship with you know your bank. You open your account with the bank, they onboard you, they make sure you're not a bad guy. They make sure you're who you say you are. Um, once you're onboarded, then you know you can start transacting. So there's some you know transaction monitoring that's going on, the so-called suspicious activity monitoring. So we're helping in that regard. There's also um, sort of know your customer monitoring that goes on through the course of the life cycle. So let's say you're a bank, uh, let's say you're a a corporation and you've just um, had a changeover in your board of directors and you want to understand, you know, the bank wants to understand is this new uh, person on your board? Are they a good guy? are they a politically exposed person? Do they have is there negative media about them? Is there some other risk that should be surfaced related to um, to this uh, this new board member? And so we have tools and techniques that allow us to monitor changes in those activities. Identify that a change has occurred. Evaluate the parties involved to see if there's a, a risk event that we need to surface, and then we'll surface that. And then, um, you know, we also help with more broader just workflow across that whole client lifecycle, helping customers to manage that full trajectory from onboarding through monitoring, through tr- suspicious activity uh, detection, periodic monitoring, and then to to offboarding. So it's It's all the stuff that you'd think about in terms of, you know, that full life cycle.
0: Now, quantifying here some savings that that someone that a bank might benefit from from this, Mm -hmm. a a client might benefit from this Um, catching fraud examples of successes here.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, like I mentioned, the the. Banks do a pretty good job of understanding who their customers are, but it's this community of related parties where there's often uh, a lot of insights that can be gained. Um, And also just uh, understanding sort of the the specific nature of the activity and and trying to identify if something is anomalous. So, for example, um, we have, uh, you know, uh, a tremendous number of our customers who've seen, um, you know, instances where they've identified Uh, risk in in counterparty so for example somebody might be uh, have negative media associated with them they might be a bad guy they might be a politically exposed person that kind of stuff Um, some of the more interesting ones when you start looking at the ai techniques the more advanced ai techniques is um, looking at things like inconsistent line of businesses so if you've got a uh, banana uh, or steel company and they're Uh, buying iron ore that makes perfect sense right and if you've got an iron a a steel company they're they're paying for bananas that doesn't make sense so the tools and techniques are able to learn by looking at a massive amount of data what kinds of relationships are appropriate what kinds of of relationships are inappropriate or consistent with what one would expect and they can highlight then to the investigator that this this company seems to be doing something that is counter to uh, what one would expect, given um, given what we know about them. We've seen uh, a number of instances of that um, with our customers. We've also seen the issue of um, money going the wrong way. So let's say you've got a uh, – we've seen an instance where there was a casino, and uh, they were transacting with a company that makes computers. And so you would expect to see the money – flowing from the casino to the computer company because they're purchasing computers to use in their casino. That would be a perfectly reasonable use case. Um, but what we saw is the money going the other way. And, and it turns out that after further investigation, the, the gentleman who was the head of the computer company had um, a bunch of nefarious activity that he was involved in. And, and, you know, we were able to help surface that particular instance. We've seen other instances where, you um, uh, companies are related to risky parties or risky jurisdictions so um, let's say that uh, people are concerned about doing business with anybody who's not only in cuba but doing anything related to cuba and so we're able to detect for example that there are companies in venezuela who are arranging travel to cuba which is not illegal in the context of what they are doing as a company but um but the U.S. banking uh, folks would want to know that that party is, has a relationship with China, uh, Cuba and is doing something there. Um, so there's there's a lot of those kinds of instances where um, you know we're able to surface uh, relationships or surface characteristics about the uh, the related parties that help make sure that the the uh, our customers understand what that full picture of risk is, and it just wouldn't be practical for humans to do all the legwork to hunt each and every one of those things down so you know at the end of the day it's really coming back to automating whatever we can for the investigator making the investiga uh, giving the investigator you know the um, the best point of departure f- to resolve the investigation as they can so i the analogy that i like is um let's say doing an investigation is a a 100 meter dash. You know, if we can start a client at the 50 meter line or the 70 meter line, and all they've got to do is get to the end, then that's 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 the goal, and that's that's really what we're we're seeing with our customers. They're seeing a significant amount of savings uh, in terms of the amount of time that it takes, and it also puts the investigator in a lot better position because they're. Able to then, instead of doing all the legwork, all this grunt work of doing Google searches and searching for names and structured databases and searching, um, uh, you know, downloading transactions and building pivot tables and totaling and subtotaling all this stuff to see what's going on, we can give them all of that pre-vetted. We can give them all of that uh, in a human-readable narrative, supported with all the documentary evidence. And um, it really lets the investigator focus on using their training, their experience, their, their education and, and, um, and expertise in actually understanding if there's financial crime there as opposed to being an Excel expert or a Google search expert.
0: Now, with, with these use cases and working with clients and, and all of that, what you just discussed, What are you working on when it comes to innovating in this space and forward-looking, maybe just to the end of this year, what AML RightSource is is working on? I know we talked through AI opportunity and machine learning, and, of course, generative AI is a a buzzword as well. Uh, Maybe you can share a little bit about what you're looking into.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, the good news for us is that we've been really uh, bringing – AI to the financial crime fight now since 2015. So we are well-versed in um, how to use and employ these different techniques to uh, to to solve the problems. Um, we're looking right now, um, working in a couple different areas. One major area that we're looking at is we're rolling out the next generation adverse media solution that we have. So really helping, you know, um, our customers very effectively and efficiently get surface articles news articles content from around the world that might indicate that um their customer or a related party is involved in something uh that would be risk-bearing um, we have a tremendous amount of natural language processing and other artificial intelligence techniques that are baked into that and we're going to see uh you know a, a two-fold improvement at least in terms of the efficiency with uh, with with which the uh Investigators can adjudicate the articles as well as a significant drop in false positives. All of these adverse media solutions try to do their best to give relevant content, but it's a hard problem to solve. The next generation of our stuff that we're bringing out is going to do a fantastic job of that. Um, We're also, uh, we are working in a a number of different areas with, uh, with LLMs, with the generative AI techniques. Um, you know, the way we think about this is, this is just another tool in the ever-evolving AI toolbox. So, um, you know, when when we talk about AI, it really spans the gamut of all the different things that can fit in there, right, from natural language processing to more traditional supervised and unsupervised machine learning to the new LLMs and, and a whole bunch of other, you know, techniques that are in this toolbox. And so know, our view that L is, is that LMs is just another tool that we can utilize to help solve problems. Um, the the work that we've done with um, LLMs, and we expect to have some of these um, use cases in production in uh, in the next few months, has largely to do with uh, with inference and reasoning and summarization. Like those are the things that the LLMs are really very good at. So asking the LLM read this article and tell me if this entity uh, is a good guy or a bad guy, they're pretty good at that. Um, looking to do knowledge extraction, taking the LLM and saying, you know, tell me how old the subjects in this article are, or tell me what jurisdiction they're they're in. Those are very um, easy things for humans to do, not very easy things for some of the traditional uh, AI techniques that we've had uh, out there, and uh, but are something that LLMs are very good at. So, again we're looking at a number of different areas having to do with data inference summarizations those sorts of things Um, and we're going to be peppering them essentially throughout the the solutions Um, we'll be sort of using them to augment the existing capabilities a lot of the um, techniques that are um, that are quote ai techniques are often layered so you may start off with one technique and that may get you 50% of your answers. Then you may need to go to a second technique with, that is different or better to get you another 25%. And then you need to go to a third technique to get you another, you know, 10 or 15%. And so the way we think about these LMs in the short term is um, is them just being another layer, another uh, tool to help fit into that tapestry of, of solutions that we're using. You know, in the big picture, uh, our view is that um, you know these the LMs are here to stay. They are going to become um, a more and more important um, tool in in the toolbox. Like I said, they're not going to replace everything. They don't do everything um, as well as uh, as some of the other techniques. But I think that over time we'll see them uh, becoming more and more prevalent. I also don't think that th- in this space at least LLMs are ever going to just entirely take over. The the process, right? There's always going to be the need for human judgment, human uh, intuition, human training and experience to be able to adjudicate the final outcome. And while the LLMs can definitely help with um, efficiency and effectiveness, they're they're never going to be maybe never is too strong. But in the near term, they're not going to be um, sort of the standalone, you know, Uber AI <laughs> solution that uh, that answers the
0: questions for us. You've been listening to The Buzz, a Bank Automation News podcast. Please follow us on LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news.